Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement. Available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, introducing your host, L. Russ. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we have Diana Coulian, who's the author of a best selling cookbook, The Recipe Hacker, and also Recipe Hacker Confidential. She's passionate about removing the gluten, dairy, soy, grains, cane sugar from all the traditional comfort foods like cakes, tacos, cookies, etc. She's got a great popular blog called realhealthyrecipes.com where she shares hundreds of recipes uh, with photos as well. Welcome to the show, Diana. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here today. I really liked flipping through this book and I can't wait to make half the things in here. I'll mention a couple of some of the mouthwatering uh, little titles of these recipes that uh, that are in your book. And it's really wonderful called The Recipe Hacker Confidential. Let's talk, how did you get into this? Because traditional cooks obviously are, you know, we're, you're using white flowers and all of that uh, business. So, so what got you down the path of cleaning it up? You know what? It was for my kids. Um, the year that my son was born, I heard the statistic that our kids were now going to have a lower life expectancy than we have. And it was like the first time in, you know, a few hundred years that this was happening. And it kind of freaked me out. And I just kind of took it upon myself as a new mom to really uh, throw myself into nutrition and to learn as much as I could about, you know, what should I feed him? You know, what, what, is, uh, what can I do to help keep my kids on, on a path of learning to love healthy food? And, um, and so from there, it just became almost like a game where, you know, how, how healthy, how many real foods can I use and make something that's still you know, like a traditional food, like a cookie or like a casserole that, you know, kids love. So it just kind of became a game and I started uh, posting it online and, and other people uh, enjoyed it. So kind of went from there. Well, I really commend you as a mother for saying, hey, I really care about the health of my child and I may know what I know, but why don't I go down the path of researching all that I can to see what would be ideal for their life? Because they don't have control. They are going to eat whatever you tell them and give them, et cetera, until they get to the point, you know, or they're at a friend's house and they're having a box of cocoa puffs or whatever. But, but other than that, so I commend you for that. What a great road to go down. Now, I'm assuming at one point when you went down it, uh, you might have noticed some differences in your own health. Uh, could you talk about what you noticed when you started to eliminate this stuff, you know, uh, in your food? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, doing this and taking out the grains and, and the sugar. I was honestly, I was a big sugar addict back in my teens and twenties. And so for me getting myself off of sugar, the first benefit that I really noticed was my energy levels were stable probably for the first time in my life. And so that was the first big thing that I really noticed and appreciated about this new way of eating. And then the second one is just, you know, it's easier to maintain a healthy weight without really trying. That is expressed by so many people. 
And I agree with you. You have you can work out less if at all, because really at this point, when you're following this kind of paradigm, 80% of your body composition is what you eat, unless there's some underlying, you know, factors going wrong. So yeah, I mean, in the energy, the sustained energy, the lack of those ups and downs from the sugar, which is such, it's an evil for me too. And I empathize with the sugar addiction, of course, not anymore, but I was a brutal, brutally addicted to sugar and glucose in all of its forms. Um, how are, how, how did your, your kids, did they really even know better before when you introduced them? Cause you, they start, you started right, you know, when you were a new mom or do they go to people's houses and have reactions or issues with other things because you're so clean in your house? Or do you allow a certain amount of gluten and things like that in their life? How does that work? Well, that's a really good question. And I have a lot of parents that ask me that, you know, how do you get your kids to even try this stuff? And I I was fortunate that I did start them literally from when my son, who's my oldest, uh, was starting to eat solid food. I had this in mind that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to introduce all these healthy ingredients and I'm going to minimize the processed food. Um, So I'm not super strict. If they want to share food at school or they go to someone's house, you know, they definitely have been exposed to gluten and grains and sugar. But what's really cool, my son is 11 now, and I'm able to see him make his own choices when I'm not the one, you know, deciding what he's going to eat. And it's so cool to see how he's already going for the healthy stuff. And he'll make a comment like, you know, that looked good you know, something filled with grains, but I know that afterwards, this is how I'm going to feel. So I think that's the key is to get your kids to that point where they can, you know, reason it out themselves and and know the consequence of the choices that they're going to make with what they eat. Yeah. You know, Dr. Brett Hill was on our podcast and he wrote a book called Nourish Without Nagging. And that was one of his sort of main points is, you know, you train over time, like, okay, well, we could get this bag of, you know, lollipops or we could get all the ingredients and then make them at home and then you'll not feel tired and pooped out in an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you sort of explain it, but then after a while they make those own choices because they know because they've had the experience of having that birthday cake and having a blast of crazy glucose and, you know, falling apart. So it's like they feel it, right? You know, when they're when it's a contrast. So I think that that's great. And as much as we can train kids from the get-go about health, you know, of course they might go for some chips and salsa or a crappy, you know, grocery store cake every now and then, <laughs> but but at least they're on the right path. Um, I wanted to talk, well, first of all, I love, um, you have so many, I want to mention a few of the recipes in your, in your book. You've got things from pecan crusted sea bass, maple bacon wrapped salmon, which is just like, oh God, it just looks amazing. And then you have faux fried cauliflower, which is such a popular thing nowadays is fried cauliflower. And it's so good. And it it's it's like, oh, how do I make it at home? So you've got that in there as well. And then we're going to talk about a couple of detailed ones because there's some classics that I know people out there listening are like, okay, great. Well, you know, without buying the book or going to your site, let's talk about a few ideas because I think people out there are like, how could you make a three ingredient pancake, right? So we're going to talk about a couple things right now. We're going to go through the three ingredient pancakes. We're going to talk about making bread rolls because people really miss that. Uh, when they go grain free and might want a sandwich or something along those lines. And then we'll talk about a dough crust for things like pot pie. I have a friend recently who big Patriots fan and for the game where they went to the Super Bowl, she always makes a, you know, go Pat's pot pie. And she called me and she's like, what do I do for the, <laughs> what do I do for like that kind of thing? 
uh, and make it primal uh, because she has Hashimoto's. And for her, that's just going to be an igniter of antibodies that are problematic to her. So she was like, how do I do that? And I was like, oof, you know, I think it involves these ingredients. Look at these websites. And I directed her. But I'd love to share that with everyone because I think that's sort of a common one. So let's start off with the three ingredient pancakes. Awesome. This this recipe is such a favorite because it's simple. You can make it quickly in the morning. And the most important thing is that the kids love it. Like across the board, people always reach out to me and say that their kids love these pancakes. So basically, it's I mean, it's it's almost uh, sounds too simple, but it actually works. So we blend three ripe bananas, two eggs and three tablespoons of almond butter. And the key to really make this work, to make it a cohesive batter, is to really blend it well. That's the thing that anyone who's had an issue with getting it to stick, it's they didn't use a blender or they didn't uh, really get it um, incorporated. So you blend it really well till it becomes a batter. And then you just cook it on a griddle or a skillet, just like you would um, any traditional pancake. And you butter the skillet beforehand. What do you do? Um, I do a little bit of coconut oil. It, you know, I mean, it depends on the skillet that you're using. Um, if it's a nonstick, you might not need to use anything. But I, I love, you know, I love the flavor of coconut oil. And it's that, that's a really super easy, quick one that can please kids and people or even satisfy like a dessert tooth or a, bre- a breakfast addition that you're missing or just craving. Yeah. One other tip about this, I would say, um, be sure not to have the heat too high. That is something if you cook it a little bit slower at a little bit of a lower heat, it's you're going to have um, more success in getting it to stick together easily. Nice. That's a great tip. Uh, let's get into the bread rolls. I mean, obviously, you know, that's one thing I'm sure you get asked about all the time. Right. OK, so I have a recipe for walnut raisin rolls. And actually, just just talking about uh, grain free bread for a minute, um, you know, coming from, you know, we're, most of us are used to regular bread where there's slices of it. And so we go and we make, you know, like the, a loaf of almond bread and it doesn't, I've found that a lot of people find frustration in, in cooking, um, grain free loaves of bread because it kind of stays moist in the middle. It, you have to bake it for, there's almost like an art to baking it in a way where you're going to get clean slices of bread. And so what I've started doing is directing people more to making rolls because, you know, it's, it's so simple to mix up a batter for rolls and then to just put scoops of it on a pan. It cooks quicker and it's always going to bake through. So I've just found like the frustration level for people with rolls is way lower and the success rate is higher than going right in and trying to bake a loaf of almond bread. That's a good tip. I like that. That makes sense to me, cooking wise. Yes. Okay. So I will go ahead and go through the ingredients here. Actually, this, this roll it's, it's a little bit of a sweeter roll, and there's some raisins and some walnuts in it. Um, I I don't know if if uh, you've been to Starbucks and you see they have like this little um, protein plate, which the name is ridiculous because there's nothing of protein in this except for one egg. Um, right. It's got a hard-boiled egg, and then what else does it have in there? <laughs> Forget. Like fruit and, and a piece of cheese. But anyways, there's a little roll in there, and it's, it's what I kind of modeled this roll after, and obviously – that roll has grains and gluten. Um, and this, this one version is way more delicious, but anyway, that's where the inspiration for this came from. Um, so I can go ahead and and read through the ingredients here. Um, so we're going to start with two eggs, half a cup of coconut oil, and we're going to melt that and let it cool a little bit. A quarter cup of water, 
uh, two tablespoons of raw honey, and we're also going to melt this first and let it cool a little bit, um, a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar, two cups of almond meal, and you could use um, almond flour as well or just grind up almonds, a third a cup of coconut flour, a fourth a cup of arrowroot starch, a half a teaspoon of baking soda, half a teaspoon of sea salt, and then we're going to uh, mix in half a cup of chopped raw walnuts and a third a cup of black raisins. You could really mix in, you know, a- any kind of nut. Or you leave want. it out, I guess. Or leave it out, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's super simple. We're going to bake it at 350, um, just combine everything together. And then um, I like to do about a golf ball-sized rounds of dough and flatten it a little bit. And then just bake it for 15 to 18 minutes. That sounds delicious. Probably with a little bit of butter, walnut raisin. Yum. This is so good. And honestly, you know, you could use it as a snack. You could eat it. If you put a little, you know, a little bit of honey on it or a little bit of butter and honey, it's it's a dessert. Or you could serve it, you know, with dinner if, you know, you're, you're used to eating traditional bread with dinner. So yeah, this is definitely a recipe that gets made <laughs> weekly in my house. I love it. And then what about a dough crust, something that you roll out and use either for like a pot pie or maybe even a breakfast quiche type, type of thing? Uh, what does that entail? Okay, so this is pretty simple. And, um, you know, if, if people who want to get into this type of baking, keeping almond flour um, and coconut flour on hand is key. And, you know, if you have those two ingredients and some arrowroot starch, then you, you really can um, make a simple dough. So I'm going to read off the ingredients for this crust. So we're going to start with one and a half cups of uh, blanched almond flour. You could, of course, use almond meal if you want it to be a little darker, a little heartier. Um, but the blanched almond flour is going to make it look more like a traditional crust. Um, we're going to do three tablespoons of coconut flour, a quarter teaspoon of sea salt, and then two tablespoons of coconut oil and one egg. That's really simple. And uh, you can use this, you know, to make a quiche, which I actually, in this new cookbook, I do have a ham and chive quiche recipe. And this is the crust that we use for that. Um, But yeah, you can make a pot pie. You could use this crust um, for whatever you would use traditional crust with. What's the, well, I'm sorry, you said it was in this cookbook. Which recipe is that that's in there? That It's the ham and chive quiche. It's in the oh, yeah. breakfast, yeah. Okay, great. So that's the same crust that's in that recipe. Exactly. Excellent. Um, let's talk about um, something that you just launched recently, which is I think is so helpful to so many people who are into cooking and have families and are making you know large amounts to a food as well and need more direction and efficiency when it comes to that. I think we're all looking on the best ways to save time and money and, and also provide, you know, switch it up and, you know, provide wonderful different kinds of food for families or even yourself. You've recently uh, launched a membership site where you plan meals for people. Let's talk about that. Give us, you know, an insight to what's going on with your program. Uh, Yeah, I will. So basically what this came from was people ask me how, you know, these recipes are great and they taste good and I want to make them for my family, but how do I plan? How do I, you know, actually put it into practice? And what I've done for years is on the weekends, I'll sit down with, you know, a stack of cookbooks and my calendar and my grocery list. And I'll sit there and I'll look at the days of the week and I'll decide what we're going to have for dinner each day of the week, compile my grocery list, and then go to the store 
And it's all about the planning. Now, this process is time consuming and, you know, it can be a barrier to make it happen if it takes so much time and it's, you know, just not a fun process to sit there and organize it all. So long story short, I decided that if there was a software that you could just have all of your recipes available right there, be able to just one click, add it to your calendar and then have the software generate your grocery list. And so that's what this is. So at my at my blog, realhealthyrecipes.com, there's the membership option. And so every week I plan out a week of dinner recipes and you have the option to use my plan. And when I when I uh, choose the recipes, it's I'm often choosing ones that have kind of shared ingredients so you're you're able to shop efficiently. Um, it's definitely seasonal because that's Im- important and that's how I eat. Um, and then, but of course it's all customizable. So, you know, you're actually going to just click on what you will make and then it generates the grocery list specifically for you to use. I love that. That is such a, such a wonderful program. And then obviously, you know, once you get involved and get into it, you get more proficient at your own, you know, on your own kind of sort of get the hang of things. Exactly. And you figure out what you like and yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's what I always tell people. It's the more time that you put in to just being proficient at creating these healthy meals for your family, the easier it becomes, the funner it becomes, and just the more it just becomes incorporated into your lifestyle, which is the key is just incorporating these changes and this healthy way of eating into your daily life. What are some of the main questions uh, other than some details on obviously recipes that you get other than the one we discussed earlier about, you know, the kids, anything else that moms and and friends are asking you that are sort of a common theme you, you see come up? You know, most, most of the time it's, how do I find the time to do this? And that always goes back to, you got to plan ahead. You know, the weekends are a great time for most people to figure out what they're going to eat in the coming week and do the appropriate shopping. And then I love to batch process stuff. You know, if I, if I need some grain-free bread products for the week, I'll do it all on the weekend. And if I need to stick half of them in the freezer to pull out later in the week, then I will. But so much of the success is in the planning and just making it an automatic part of your week. I love it. That is so great. And now I've mentioned a couple of, um, you know, recipes that I thought looked amazing. I love the maple bacon wrapped salmon, pecan crusted sea bass. What are some other favorites people have pointed out to you in your book? I mean, everything in here looks amazing. Uh, but, you know, clearly I'm sure some people have been like, ah, we love those, you know? You know what? I get so many comments about my ginger snaps. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yes, this is, uh, it seems like people just hone in on this recipe and make that one. So that's, that's a big one. Um, some of the noodle bowls, um, like the coconut curry noodle bowl, that one I get a lot of comments on. Um, oh, the BLT pasta salad. That's a popular one. Um, yeah. It, oh, the, the non bread. That's another one. But yeah, the casseroles, there's, um, there's a pizza casserole and a hamburger casserole. And that's one that moms and dads love because it's really simple they're able to crank it out on a busy weeknight and the kids eat it. <laughs> so that's the thing. Right. I love that. Yeah. The- we also have a breakfast pizza, which is a very kid friendly as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's some of the feedback that I've been getting. I mean, the book's been out for not quite a month now, but a lot of the feedback that back that I am getting is I, I tried a recipe, 
and I fed it to my kids and they actually ate it, which I love hearing that because, you know, all of my recipes uh, go through my taste testers here, my kids. And, uh, and so it's really important for me that these are recipes that families are going to like, you know, I mean, we can make healthy food, but if it's not appealing and if people don't like the flavor, you know, there's, there's really no point. So that's the best feedback I can get is that, you know, my husband who doesn't like healthy food and my kids who are resistant, you know, they ate it and they loved it and they wanted me to make something else. That's great. And so it's the recipe hacker confidential is the new book. And let's talk about, you have your blog, realhealthyrecipes.com. And how can we get in touch with you and tell us about how to get on social media and connect with you there? So I am on Facebook. I have a fan page on Facebook. Um, it's just Real Healthy Recipes. Um, you can definitely connect with me there. Um, yeah, and then just on my on my blog as well. And, um, you know, through the membership, I do have a private Facebook page um, for members of, of my site. So that's, uh, that's a place where I'm very active on and answering a lot of questions about recipes and having, you know, people share their, their creations as well. So we've kind of created a community, um, with that. That's been great. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us again, Diana Koulian, author of the recipe hacker and the recipe hacker confidential. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Hi, folks. Mark Sisson here, and I'd like to tell you about my biggest undertaking yet, the Primal Health Coach Program. My mission is to create a global network of primal health coaches to help transform the health and consciousness of our communities into ones of optimal wellness and happiness. Becoming a primal health coach empowers you to take your primal passions to the next level and embark on a career you love, inspiring others to live lives of vitality and lasting wellness. If you dream of a career in health coaching, but have been held back by worries, such as the investment of time and money, then I encourage you to hesitate no longer. Health coaching is the fastest growing specialty in all of coaching, and we've created an online education program that allows you to learn from the comfort of your own home and at your own pace. The world needs primal health coaches to provide a blend of ancestral wellness solutions to the modern health crisis. The world needs you. Are you ready to become one of the world's most trusted, experienced, and knowledgeable health coaches? To learn more about this online certification program and to take the first step toward a career you love, visit PrimalHealthCoach.com and subscribe.